All right. So I've got a couple questions here, and then Mike's going to pop up. Um, we're dealing with uh, Lesson 39, um, talking about inspiration. And I, I was thinking about this a little bit today uh, and last night. Um, I just don't know what to make of all this news that's going on. You know, like we're shooting balloons out of the sky, and is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And like, goodness, I really don't know what's going on out there. And every time I open up the news, I feel like I'm not illuminated. <laughs> you ever feel like that? Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Why do I not understand what's going on out there in the world? Or do I? Um, question five says, define inspiration and illumination which is common to all believers. I thought that was an interesting way of stating the question. Like, why is that common? Is it really common? So I'll, I'll kind of set you up with that and let you go for a minute, and we'll see how this unfolds. Define inspiration and illumination, which is common to all believers. Is it really common to the kid on the block that, just knows that they're saved? Is it common to the age-old grandparent that you have that has been studying the scripture for 50 years? Why, what makes illumination common to all believers? And is it common to all of them, no matter what stage they're in? What do you think? It seems like if they're believers and they have the Holy Spirit, that it would be. If they're open to teaching and enlightenment. I think you're right, Joanna. I absolutely think you're right. Um, The kind of question that this poses in my mind is, how studied do you have to be in order to be illuminated? one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It is. But don't we have a little bit of a question in our heart about, this is a new, brand new believer. What do they know? Just a thought. Hey, it's Ralph Stog. Ralph. Ralph, Ralph Stog has the same question. <laughs> is, the, is the question, it says define human inspiration and illumination is the question which one of those is common to all believers is that the question yeah is it inspiration or illumination or both or i don't know i think what we're what we're talking about here is the fact that god uses human instruments to communicate his word no matter where you are in your spiritual journey whether you're a brand new believer or a studied believer, the role of the Holy Spirit in inspiration and illumination, let me say that differently. The role of illumination is the same for every believer. Are you inspired? No. Who was inspired? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired human instruments, men, so that they could open up the mind and illuminate you, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey. 
He used illumination in your life to reveal himself to you. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You tracking with me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, JD, I, I put down here that the inspiration is the giving of the text by the Spirit, and illumination is the unfolding of its meaning to our hearts by the Spirit. They're both an act of the Spirit, but one is the giving of the text, and the other is the, the unfolding of its meaning. That might have been straight out of right. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's perfect. So illumination is re- revealing opening up to you the word of God. Inspiration, that's a different thing. We've talked about that. We've said that God uses the human element of inspiration to make to make his thoughts known. But how does he illuminate you to those thoughts? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. Um, one, one of the things we've been... Uh looking at on, in the main service is uh, in Romans chapter 1 is that God gave man over to a degraded mind mm. and that he cannot uh, the, un, the non-believer cannot receive the things of the spirit of God because he just can't know them because God gave him over now, in the, in the Old Testament, occasionally God would show a person something, but not anything like we have because we've been recreated in Christ and uh, we have a capacity with the Spirit just to study the Word of God and He'll show us what it means because we, you know, we have two natures which has two minds. Either have a degree, like you're talking about. Gee, you pick up the paper every day or you read on the phone every day about what's going on in the world. Well, they're all nuts because of what God did. They can't get it together. They, they're thinking themselves wise. They've become fools. So if, uh, illumination, you, you won't ever see a guy like, uh, Joe Biden illuminated. He doesn't have the capacity. Why? Because he does, he's not in Christ. That's okay. right. I think that's really kind of our point here is that <clears throat> the Lord opens up his word. When we, when we approach the scripture, it's far different than when we approach any other text, any other news, any other source of information. He opens up and helps us to understand through the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That is a privilege, and I forget that sometimes. So I had this other question. We'll get to question six here, and I'll wrap up, but I kind of made up my own question six. How important is it to be in fellowship with the Lord when reading his word? I think is it's it? critical. It's critical? Mm-hmm. All right. I had a... I had a a buddy of mine, he's a pastor in Spokane now. Um, every time he starts teaching, he prays that each person would be in fellowship with the Lord. And he gives them time. So take, take a few minutes. Do what you need to do. Because illumination is very real. And we're going to open up this word. And the only way it's going to be enlightened in your mind is if you're walking with the Lord. Um, Otherwise, you're reading. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get conviction from the word. I'm not saying that you're not going to be illuminating salvation truths. 
But if you want to understand spiritually what's going on in the scripture, you got to check yourself. First John one nine. Do you believe that? I guess I, I guess the caveat is, you know, when when I feel like I'm out of fellowship, I go to the worst. So, you know, if I'm just I need need the Lord, and you know, and He draws me now. I, I, I may be not in fellowship. I go to the Word, but He draws me to His Word to bring me into fellowship. True. So that I mean that that's the only caveat I'd say is that I don't have to be just totally. I don't know. <clears throat> thinking about the Lord and you know being in deep thought about the Lord before I can go to the Scripture. A lot of times, you know, scripture, you know, be drawn to a scripture or something or why or, you know, reading the hungry heart in the morning. It's like, wow, you know, that brings me into fellowship. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I don't say that you, you have to be got in a fellowship point. before you go to the word. I think you can be brought into fellowship by going to the words. What do you guys think? I think both are true. Yeah. Yeah. Both are true. Yeah. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Yeah. It, both are true. You know, and when you're in fellowship and you want it, it's, it's great and the, just magnified a thousand times. But there are those times when I'm drawn, when I need the scripture to get in fellowship, return me to fellowship, walking with the Lord, walking in the spirit. You know, I think those are, yeah, both are true. Yeah. I was going to say what's what's different from both of those is the uh, the approach of well I need to do my need to do my duty need to do my daily chapter or whatever that is the fruitless uh, approach I would say maybe not fruitless the Lord may use His Word at some point but when you're in that state of mind that this is something I'm doing you know something I'm doing to uh, you know earn earn something or or you know um it's kind of my my routine my you know um i don't think you're in the you know you're not uh i mean when you're when you're if you're out of fellowship and you're and the lord draws you to the word for something that he wants to show you um or if you're in fellowship and you're hungry to be in the word um but we talked a lot again recently about heart you know heart hunger and and that kind of thing and and the Lord does develop that, and then he feeds that hunger. But when it's a person just working out of themselves, working out of their own, you know, um, their own yeah, selfish yeah. desires or whatever. He goes to motive. And I've used my example a hundred times where in the old brethren, you know, these guys would stand up and they could quote scripture all the time. And I thought, I've got to memorize scripture. And it was for selfish reasons, so I could be like those guys. And I never got anywhere with it. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, that's the motive. I'm doing it because of I want to show off that I know these scriptures. That's, that gets you right into a, you know, a wall. You're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I agree, Miles. That's it. I think it's the motive. If you're doing it because you want to win points or you think the Lord's going to smile on you a little bit more because you're doing it. It's it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I keep I keep coming. Uh, question six says, "What is the secret clue to finding the exhaustless treasures in the Bible?" And you've got the answer. <laughs> I, I was thinking that, like, a good example uh, for me is because I teach a lot. 
like Tuesday this week, you know, I said to the Lord, I said, I don't know. I don't know. How am I going to get this sermon done? I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're going to have to sh- show me something because I don't get it. You know, I've looked and I've spent some time. I've done, I'm researching, I'm listening to people and I just, it just isn't there. You know, kind of sure. Next morning, first thing I read, boom, it was there. You know, it's just something I read. So I think there's a, there's a principle involved where he, one, makes you dependent on him because you realize after you go around and exhaust all of your resources, you have to, you know, it's like Miles used to say, you have to trust the Lord. It's come to that, boys. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh man, the Bible knowledge commentary is, Kind of coming up short today. I don't know what to think about this subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I go through that quite often, you know, like I don't really understand what I'm looking at, what I'm supposed to talk about. Well, and I think that the, what, what you said is pretty cool in the sense that when you're dependent, you're dependent upon a person. Mm-hmm. And you're looking, you're looking for we're not looking for that, like, how can I be so clever and explain this truth in a way that nobody's ever explained it before? How can I wow, you know, the folks that are, are listening to me? It truly is, um, you know, when it comes down to the secret clue, it's about spending time with him. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do. We read, we read the scripture. And sometimes we read the hungry heart like it's just another piece of news. You know, and we, we brush through it. We're like, oh, that's a cool idea. That's a cool thought. That's a, but when it really impacts your heart, when it impacts your life, it's through the light that the Holy Spirit is shining on that truth to you. And that is a deeper relationship with those truths than what you get from reading about what's going on in the world today. You're not going to get illuminated to those things. <laughs> You're not going to know why we didn't shoot the balloon down sooner. You're not going to know. And the reason is, is that the Holy Spirit is interested in you individually. And the scripture is written to you, and it shines upon the truths in your heart that you need at that point in time. And it's specific. It's I, I don't want to use the word, I don't like this word, but I don't know how to explain it. It's so specific and like surgical it's like i want to know what my issue is my health issue well the holy spirit like looks at your spiritual health issues and applies his word specifically to that situation you never have to worry about getting the right prescription you never have to worry about man do these guys really know what they're doing in my for my body the holy spirit knows exactly what he's doing spiritually and he's working individually with you to bring about a change that conforms you to the image of Christ. And I think that we do have to think about being in fellowship when we approach the word. I think it is critical. And to Courtney's point, it doesn't mean that his word won't draw you in, cause you to be conscious of the fact that, hey, I'm not walking with the Lord right here. I am reading his word. It's impacting me and convicting me but the result is to bring you back into fellowship so that you can talk with him about the truths of what he's said and i just i guess what i want to say is that this is a very this is not like we just read and absorb 
we're shed light on the truths that we need to know for the purposes of creating greater intimacy with God himself. And that's the beauty of, of what uh, both the inspiration of God's word and the illumination of God's word is in our lives. So as we continue to to learn and, 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 and take time to spend, you know, in a hungry heart or in the scripture, um, those are opportunities for you to have a conversation with him. And that's what he's doing. He's drawing you to himself so they can talk to you about the truths. And that that's where illumination gets personal. Um, you know, Rideout says, no romance could so attract, no human production could so absorb to what is the secret clue to the holy light that shines upon its truths and into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's a different situation when the word of God gets a hold of your heart and the Holy Spirit magnifies that to your own personal situation. That is something very personal, very real, something very different from taking in any other information in, in, the, in the world that you live in. It's it's a privilege that we have as believers, and it's magnified through fellowship, as what I would say. Uh, the word can draw you for conviction, but the privilege we have as believers is walking in fellowship and actually having that illumination. What does illumination mean? Light being shown on things that we could not see before. And that's a privilege of, 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 of us as believers. So uh, I like the idea of, of uh, you know, we do have, there is a secret clue to figuring out in the scripture. It's called walking with the Lord in fellowship and having his word revealed to you in a way that only he can do. That's his role. That's his job. Your job is to be in fellowship and actually take in those truths and allow him to process them. So, I don't know, just maybe some more mechanics there than what you might have been expecting this morning, but I do think about it a lot. You know, it's like we can get into the scripture and we can, we can, like, oh, I'm struggling with X. Look it up in the index. Find it, you know. Go into, got a, a love problem. But what he's really doing is not only teaching you about the topic of love, he's showing you what love is through a person. And that Holy, the Holy Spirit is, is, that's actively the, the agent that is part of our lives that and gives us that illumination and, and enlightenment us to the truth. So anyway, I'll stop there. Uh, that was a we'll guess. Some thoughts well, there. One other thing, you know, I think about this and maybe illumination. <clears throat> I think it's kind of the difference between knowledge and wisdom. The definition I always said of knowledge is knowledge is like facts. Mm-hmm. And that's almost the inspiration. They've given the facts. Here's everything inspired, given by God. But, the the other illumination to me is the equivalent of wisdom, and the way I had definition knowledge is knowledge. You have facts, you have everything. Wisdom I had defined always is the skillful application of knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's where kind of where illumination is. I think we have the facts, but illumination is where we skillfully apply or understand those those facts that are written in the words, and it's just you know kind of the Illumination kind of is where I take that word and it impacts me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's in First Corinthians, what is this? Twelve, eight, four, one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And that's where I think the illumination and, and where does it come from? The Spirit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like that comparison. I think it's right. Yeah. You know, I was going to say a few uh, 
I'd like I'd like the uh, personal intimacy approach uh, probably better because it's like um, it's like I in my life I meet a Courtney mm-hmm. and on and off over time you know we get together and, and kind of learn about each other and uh, over time I begin to see him for here here are his assets. You know, and also he's like me. He's got, you know, things that aren't assets. What? <laughs> and and uh, I think that inspiration or wisdom that you talk about is that well, I I kind of know that I know the guy pretty well, and I kind of know how he's going to react in certain situations. I can go to him for information, and I can share the Lord Jesus with him. That kind of stuff. Where the guy standing next to him, I can't do any of that because I don't know him very well. Mm-hmm. You know, I know mechanically. You know, it's like Donna tells me that you're really good at work in a room. You walk in a room, you never met anybody, and before it's over, you've talked to everybody there. Well, that's a mechanical thing, right? You know, I don't. Uh, but over time, with relationships that build up, it's the same thing with the Lord Jesus. I think the Holy Spirit is. Is revealing more of him to us all the time, where he's he's predictable. We know how he's going to react in certain. Find out that he loves me. To the conclusion, well, Courtney didn't give his life for me. The Lord Jesus did, and he's the only one that's ever done it. Those kinds of things you learn, and that's. Part of it, I think, and then you read in scripture and all of that's there. Yeah. Music is such a big part of my life and I I love trying to unravel lyrics that musicians have come together with. But at the end of the day, I end up trying to interpret what those things mean. And I kind of make them important to me because I love that song, right? The scripture works in in an even more intimate in more special way than even the lyrics of a song. You know, we can really get gravitated towards, like, that's my song. You know, that's that's me. That represents me. The scripture is like that a hundred times more. Um, it's not just you relating to another artist. It's you re- actually coming into fellowship with the Lord through his word. And that kind of relationship that kind of conversation, that illumination that we enjoyed means far more than what we could get from any other connection that we have with other human words. God used human men, human instruments in their own voices to bring about the truths of what you need to know most in your life. And he does it in such a way that it will ring in your mind more beautifully than any lyric that you'll ever sing in another song. The scripture, God's word, has a special place in our lives as believers, unlike anything else, because it's personal. And because the Holy Spirit unlocks that clue to figuring out who you are, where you come from, why you're here, and where you're going, that's his job. And that's a privilege that we have as believers. So that was the end of my my lesson here. 
Um, we could go on, but I'm going to let you. We're going to go on. Let's go on. Okay, who's got a Bible with me? Did I do that wrong? Well, I I have the scripture written on in my notes, but the reference is wrong. So I'll read it. First Corinthians two nine. First Corinthians two nine. First the first verse is eye has not seen, nor ear heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Okay, uh, then it must be 2.14. Somebody read uh, 2.14. Sure. <laughs> but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they're not as spiritually appraised. Okay, so Paul the Apostle writes that it has never entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared to, for those who love him. That includes everybody that's not in Christ? Absolutely. But then he makes, you know, you read that and, and, and you, you hear so many people say, oh, yeah, well, that's right. Maybe that's uh, even us uh, believers don't get what God has prepared for us, even though we love him. But then he says the natural man cannot think, receive the spirit things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness unto him. But then he says at the end of verse 10, God has revealed them to us. Now that's one of those verses where you, when you read it, you think, oh, there's so much I don't know. Is God lazy when it comes to me? Or am I one of those Christians that just are not savvy enough or work hard enough or whatever God has not God has revealed them to me so what what has never entered into the mind of a non-believer what uh, all the things that God has prepared for those who love him he's revealed them to us okay yes no has he is he in the process of doing that yeah I think he is I think it's a uh, so Rideout says, spiritual discernment of what is revealed is the result of the Spirit's illumination. Don't you, don't you find it interesting how careful and how proactive God is in communicating to us the things that we need to know from Him? The number one thing is that we, that He loves us. He wants us to know that. He wants us to know everything that's in the scripture. He wants us informed. He doesn't want us walking around with our head in the clouds or with some sort of uh, opinion about what he says. He wants us to know. So he sends the spirit to teach us, to show us everything that he means. Okay. Now, I must admit, um, as as time goes on, You want more because what happens is, like JD's talking about, what happens is you start out learning facts, right? Information are factual, and you start to see how some of the pieces fall together. But as Miles Stanford used to say, that the study of God's word goes from objective fact to love and affection with a person. 
objective fact, the love and uh, affection with a person. And what you find with a lot of these scholars is that they've got the facts down, but they don't have the love and inf- love and affection down. And I'm I'm I always when I listen to somebody or somebody is recommended or I'm reading something about somebody, I always look for how well does this person who's writing or speaking, how well do they know the Lord Jesus? How intimate are they with him? How important is he to their heart? Because you can listen to a lot of guys that are really smart and and can give you lectures that just and sermons that just blow you away, but they don't know who they're talking about. You get that? You find that to be true? So, I have a question. Yeah. So, what do we do with this statement? Faith in the facts is like the train on the tracks. You facts give it. Lead in the you give it to Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think one of the cool things that you're talking about and how Miles kind of set that up is they are two different things, but they're they're both true of us, right? So what's wonderful about the scriptures is that we do have facts. Mm -hmm. Um, Without facts, we don't have anywhere to place our faith. I agree. So it's very important to understand the facts and, and recognize that the feelings do follow, but there's another part to that statement that maybe isn't there, mm-hmm. is that now I'm walking with a person that's factually revealed himself to me, and I don't have to wonder, like, do you have something hidden about yourself that mm-hmm. I can't trust? Is there, do I really know you? Because mm-hmm. we, we do that in human relationships, right? We, we're kind of like, I'll trust you as much as I know you, um, but... that's And that, that's kind of where we go. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like that. Uh, I talked about uh, Courtney uh, in a, a building relationship. Uh, there comes a point when I know that I can ask him for something, and he'll do it for me. And he won't, you know, he'll trust me. And uh, and I and I trust him. I feel comfortable asking him or sharing something with him, or I go to him for his opinion. What do you think about this? Or, or I'm this, 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 this is going on. What do you think? And that's you know growing. What that same kind of thing to some degree is with the Lord, except I'm dealing with the one who has all knowledge about everything. And so uh, you know, the discussion isn't very long with the Lord. It's like, well, you know. At the same time, though, sometimes the discussion doesn't end quickly because He likes my company. And he doesn't want, you know, because if I get the answer right away, then I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, well, why don't you stick around a while? Well, why should I? I got my answer. I'll see you. You know, so maybe that answers the question of why the answer doesn't come real fast sometimes. So, Rideout says how completely dependent, and we'll talk about dependence, upon the Holy Spirit in the chapter from which I've just quoted, we are told that the truths of God are revealed by the Spirit, communicated by the Spirit, and received by the power of the Spirit. 
The only way I understand them or can receive them is because the Spirit's in me. I don't understand the things of God. The only thing, the only two things I can understand about God, if I don't have the Holy Spirit, what are they? We've been talking about them on Sunday. What are they? Yeah. I know that God exists, that he's powerful, and I need to appreciate him. I need to be thankful. I need, and you know what? The verses we're going to talk about today says that everybody knows that. Even if they deny it, they know it. And he holds us accountable. Well, this is way beyond that. Because we're indwelt by the Spirit, the the intimate things of who God is, uh, maybe put it this way. Why did God uh, create human beings? Why did he do it? Because he had nothing to do? Kind of bored? Why did he do it? Why did he create Adam and Eve? What's that? Fellowship. He created human beings in such a way and gave us enough characteristics in our created state that we could at some point just have fellowship with them. And it isn't because he's egocentric at all. He just knows who he is. And he thought, wow, you know, I could create these creatures that would would receive who I am and appreciate and be blessed by who I am. Okay? So if that's, is that changed over the however many thousand years that man has been in existence? It's never changed. Never. This purpose is still, still the same. So he, at the cross, or at Pentecost, he recreates human beings through the cross and gives them his own righteousness and his own position for what purpose? Fellowship. So for all eternity, all of us get to be in the presence of the God of the universe and enjoy him for who he, who he is. Well, we have that capacity to do that. You know? It's interesting that angels don't even have that. They don't. They absolutely, no other creature has it. And another friend of mine used to say, imagine what God has done. We're a virus on a planet, and he's created us in his own image. <laughs> the angels look at us and say, we don't get it. <laughs> so, um, enlightenment of the spirit enables not merely to understand the detached text and portions of God's truth, but merely, not merely to have clear views upon certain doctrines, which is important, but to gain familiarity with the entire book, to fall into the current of of its thoughts, I would say his thoughts, in fact suggested by the word, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Corinthians 2.15. So if you understand that, if you understand that what God is doing and what the Spirit of God has been given to us to do, then it, your 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 personal approach is always, well, uh, that I may know, you know, like Paul said in Philippians, that I may know him. 
I want to know them more and more all the time. But it, the other thing that happens is, is that desire translates to other believers. You want other believers to know him. You know, if, if I have a, uh, assuming that Courtney is my best friend, I want everybody I know to know him. Because I think he's a terrific guy to know. You see that? Well, imagine. You grow in the Lord Jesus. You want everybody to know him. And, and it's not because somebody said, well, that's what you should be doing. You can't help it. See that? That's the way grace works. You just can't help it. You know? Um, you know, you, I'm sure you've all been in a, in, in a place sort of where there was a gathering of people and someone, one of your friends would come up and say, come here, I want you to meet this person. You'll really like them. And right away, my, my psyche says, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. <laughs> but it's rush over and meet them. Because your friend really liked them. Well, it's like us. We want everybody to know the Lord Jesus and not from the standpoint of just objective doctrine. We want them to know him personally and intimately. And then that translates, and I just notice I'm over time, and that translates into fellowship. You know, I loved Stoney. J.B. Stoney said one time, I, I know I repeat this a lot, he said, you know, it's great to get together with believers and and share and that kind of thing, but he said, how often do you get together with them and you just sit down and talk about the wonders of Christ? How often do you do that? I thought, not very often, but when you have that kind of relationship with another believer, you seek that out more more and more all the time. Okay, so we're going to stop right there. Get talking and forget all the time. Father, how we thank you for your word, how we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus, and how we thank you for it was your purpose that we should have fellowship with you, the God of the universe. And that's a, a gift that you just can't put a value on. It surpasses anything. The most valuable thing there is. So we thank you, Father. We pray in your son's precious name. Amen.